What is up, everybody, and welcome into ADZ Sports Dallas Prime Time. I am your host, Mauricio Rodriguez, streaming with you live every Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central here on Dallas On Demand Sports Talk Network. With a lot more content coming your way, make sure that you check out adzsports.com slash Dallas for more Cowboys articles, news, analysis, and opinion. And of course, remember that primetime is brought to you by our friends over at FreemanMazda.net. We will talk more about them and the ride of the week in a few moments here on the show. But before we do any of that, let's talk about the Cowboys' third down offense. And let's get it started with a question for you. It's a simple one. Uh, from 1 to 10, how concerned are you about the Cowboys' offense moving forward? From 1 to 10, let me know. And meanwhile, let's take a look at what the Cowboys have done offensively on what people call the money down. Third down. You know, you fear that down. When it comes up on the screen, you kind of perk up a little bit and lean forward because you know that stuff is about to go down to replace one as worth with another. And the Cowboys have not been good on third down. And it's crazy. Because when you look at Dak Prescott's numbers, they're worse than you might imagine. Uh, these are his splits for the 2022 season, and I want to be very clear. Uh, I want to make a I want to make a deep dive kind of analysis on what the Cowboys have done on third down over the past three games, and really try to figure out where the problems are coming from. the The fact that we're taking a look at Dak Prescott's numbers does not mean that it's necessarily his fault. It just means what the offense is doing as a unit, if that makes sense. But still, his numbers are pretty telling. Uh, 13 completions in 28 attempts. That is a meager, mediocre 46% completion percentage on third down. 188 passing yards in those 28 attempts. That averages at under seven yards per attempt. He has one touchdown on third down. To go, to go with three interceptions, four sacks, and a 41 passer rating. That's the that's the big n number, man. That's the number that is the most disappointing one. I think that Ed Verder from ESPN actually pointed out that some of these numbers are among the lowest in the NFL over the last few years. I think he even compared it to Team Tebow's numbers. Uh, but I don't want to lie to you, so I'm trying to find that tweet pretty quickly. Here you go. This is from Ed Verder this morning. He tweeted out that Dak Prescott went 4 of 12 for 49 yards and two interceptions on third and fourth down on Sunday. Oh, so these numbers are only from, for Sunday, the ones that Ed Verder tweeted about. Prescott has completed NFL low 43% of his passes on third and fourth down with one touchdown and three interceptions. Pretty much the same numbers that we are looking at right now. No quarterback has po posted a completion percentage that low on those downs since Team Tebow in 2011. Okay, so the only difference between what Ed Verder tweeted out and the numbers that we're seeing on the screen right now is that he's including fourth downs. Uh, I'm only talking about third down here in this graphic. But still, when you get compared to Team Tebow in 2011, you know that things are not going great. And... The Cowboys need to figure this one out quickly. Now, one of the most common storylines out there 
to explain the Cowboys' struggles on third down has been how they put themselves in third and long situations. That might be true a lot of the time, but also, and I will admit that I am among those people that push that narrative a little bit, the Cowboys' average yards to go on third down this season has been lower than the league average. Uh, almost in line with the league average, pretty much the same number, but I don't know if that, that is an excuse. And when you take a look at the, at the numbers a little bit more in depth, uh, it's difficult to find out what exactly is going wrong with the Dallas Cowboys offense in the money down. As I said, I do want to put together sort of a deep dive uh, analysis, whether it's in an article or on Twitter or here on primetime uh, with the tape, you know, in order to figure out what the Cowboys are doing wrong on, on, on offense when it comes to third down, but it's not being good and it's something that needs to be fixed. So as for the question that I threw out on the, on the Facebook chat and the YouTube chat, how concerned are you about a Cowboys offense? I would go with a high number just based on third down. Uh, Dexter Williams goes with a 10. Michael goes with a 9. So honestly, higher numbers than the ones that I would have expected. Uh, Toxic Tom says 10 because it's not getting better and still making the same mistakes. 6 to midnight goes with a 10. Let's see. Uh, big goes with goes with yeah I get that six oh no they're talking about I just saw the six and I thought that it was a response to the question Timothy goes with five cannot count on Kellen and his play calling back to back pass 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 that's Timothy's complaint right there uh, eight for Bruce he says the problems from the offseason have come full circle with the receiver talent and bad decisions do not help from Dak Prescott I will go. Man, I, I don't want to go with a with a 9 or a 10 because I, I think that, to me, based on where I was at before the Green Bay Packers game, uh, that it would be maybe belonging to overreaction Monday from my personal point of view, considering what I thought of this offense before the Packers game. And although it is the, the freshest thing in our minds, in order to avoid recency bias, I will go with a seven, which is still a pretty high number in my opinion, in my concern level about a Cowboys offense. But that number seven would be based primarily on what the Cowboys have done on third down, which is pretty much uh, nothing. I will say that on top of those numbers, those passing down numbers, Dak Prescott has scrambled four times. And those four times he has converted the, the third down opportunity. So at least there's that dual thread about him. Uh, but man, when you look at these numbers a little bit more deeply, so Prescott has gone 13 of 28 on third down, and you would assume that third and seven to third and nine are worse numbers than third and fourth to six, because you know it's easier to convert uh, third and four, third and five, and third and six than it is to convert third and seven or third and nine. But actually, Prescott has been pretty much perfect on third and seven to third and nine yards to go. In those situations, he's eight for 13, uh, a 120 passer rating, which is obviously a very good number. On third and long, 10 plus yards, he's one for seven and a passer rating of 14. I didn't even know uh, you could go as low as 14. 
And over the last three games for the Cowboys, they have been 23rd in EPA per play in the NFL in the money down. So, yeah, it's not pretty. And I think that it doesn't have to do exclusively with uh, Prescott's accuracy or anything like that. It's clearly a problem with the offense in general, uh, whether it's play design, play calling, drops, bad routes, whatever you, you uh, bad pass protection up front, whatever it is, the Cowboys offense is simply not ready to win games on third down. Now, this is a particular aspect of football that has always been super volatile. Uh, it's difficult to predict, to predict third down success. But that isn't an excuse to be one of the worst teams in the NFL on third down, though, over the last three games. And that's exactly what the Cowboys have been. And, and all of these numbers are including a fantastic performance from last week. Uh, no, not from last week, from uh, the game before the Packers won, the game versus the Chicago version, which the Cowboys went 9 of 11 on third down. And then Anthony points out the penalties, which are also uh, an issue. I don't have the splits for how many penalties they have been called for on third down. Uh, but I'm guessing there have been multiple occasions in which that has happened. Uh, two of the most costly ones versus the Packers, uh, the ones in, that happened in overtime, happened on second and down. So those wouldn't be included there. Uh, but I agree with Anthony. Uh, the penalties have been a huge issue for the Dallas Cowboys. And even though they said time and time again that they were going to fix it, that it was a priority in the offseason, well, it didn't work out because the Cowboys are among the league leaders once more when it comes to, to flags. Let's see here. Uh, Mark Aaron says, anybody else noticed that Dak Prescott does not run when he's on the road? He will run at home. Uh, that's interesting. I didn't know that. Uh, I trust you, Mark. I would say that that isn't exactly by design i think that that's most likely to be a coincidence but also that points to the fact that you're not running Dak prescott consistently and sure they did it versus the chicago bears and we got excited we all got excited about it uh we started thinking about you know the cowboys using Dak prescott a little bit more in the running game uh maybe use a little bit more of rollout designed plays and I think they did that versus the Packers though I think that they used play action a fair amount of times but I, that would be my take uh I, I'm assuming that it's a coincidence but I think it speaks to the fact that the Cowboys are not doing it consistently game after game and uh, that's an interesting point Mark thank you for that they did use uh Dak Prescott's legs on this one on a particular third and short I don't remember the exact moment of the game for it, but I remember yelling at my TV, run the read option. And they did. And I was super excited about that. Uh, of course, this was when the this was early in the game before the breakdown that didn't have us particularly excited about where the game was setting. Uh, Toxic Tom says, Mo, I asked this in the offseason. Jerry and Stephen Jones ran back the same staff with less talent, expecting different results. Why were we expecting the same underachieving staff to now do better? I think, I think Toxic, and going back to, this is not an opinion based on what we have seen this season. This is trying to reminisce what we were talking about now in the offseason as you were asking. 
I think we were not necessarily expecting any better. I think mostly that happened on the defensive side of the ball. Because when the season began in 2021, we didn't know what the Cowboys have on defense. We didn't know that Micah Parsons was about to become the second coming of Lawrence Taylor. We didn't know that Trayvon Diggs was going to lead the NFL with 11 interceptions and make history while doing so. So maybe I would point to the defense being the reason why. But I, I don't think that we acted like Dallas would be, you know, 7-2 and two after the Packers game. I don't think that we were super convinced about it. We knew that the ceiling was high as long as Dak Prescott elevated the offense. Uh, but I think we all were concerned about the wide receiver position. I remember talking about it uh, unrelentingly, pretty much. So I don't know if that's I don't know if that's how Cowboys Nation felt. I remember that the win total was was uh, in the betting world was higher than it was in 2021. But I do think that has to do with what we knew about the defense already and what we knew about uh, some of these players that were question marks last year. Let's see. Lauren Michael says, do you trust Anthony Brown? It depends on it depends on how you define trust. I think that. And, and I've talked about this and I talked about it uh, on Sunday and we had a similar conversation when Jordan Lewis went down injured. And I think that Lewis and Anthony Brown are not bad players. They might be average. They might be floating somewhere around average, whether it's, uh, to the, I, I, I would bet to the good side of average. And I think that sometimes we as NFL fans kind of, underrate how important those kind of players are because and and John Owning from PFF tweeted a picture about this no I, I think it was Brandon Thorne actually who tweeted it that has like this kind of diagram in which it shows you how most of the players in the NFL are average and then there's a small group of guys that are high performers and a small group of guys that are underperformers uh those guys in the middle matter a lot and I think that's where Anthony Brown and Jordan Lewis are. And I think that we saw it on Sunday when the Cowboys had Trevon Diggs on the field. And opposite of him, they had Kelvin Joseph. And in this lot, they had Darren Bland. Who did Aaron Rodgers target consistently? Who did Christian Watson went off against? And it was Bland and it was uh, KJ. Uh, so I think Anthony Brown is one of the players that you want back next Sunday. You are desperate to get Anthony Brown back because it won't be easy matching up against Justin Jefferson. And I think that the Cowboys might be in a position in which they might want to explore shadowing Jefferson with Trevon Dix. I know that they have not done that consistently, but that's a big question that this coaching staff needs to answer uh, before facing the Minnesota Vikings. For sure. Let's see. Uh, Six says, I'm going to be pissed if the Commanders win tonight's game and we blew a chance to go up and game a, a game on the Eagles. Hey, I agree. I was actually tweeting about that before I went live with you guys on primetime. But anyways, let's move on a little bit here and let's talk about what Mike McCarthy 
had to say about Dak Prescott's accuracy when he was asked about it on today's press conference. Let's listen to him. Mike, how do you look at Dak's ball placement and uh, where he puts the ball? Obviously, you look at is it go deeper than just completion percentage in your mind when you when you measure quarterbacks? Well, I, but I also think you gotta you gotta recognize that some of those lower throws are about design too. You know, we I, we coach them as you know second base throws. You know, I mean, there's to me there's four four throws that you probably might look at as um, you know as, as minus throws, and it, you know, and it's a two drills that I've, I've always done, particularly in quarterback school, call it, call it hots and dots, you know, so you're working your hot throws and your dot throws, and then you got your second base throw and your back shoulder throws. And so, um, you know, those, those are ball placement throws that you have to have in, in the national football league. Cause you know, coverage is, you know, guys aren't, the guys don't run open. You got to throw them open. So, and, and throwing them open may be a, you know, it could be right here. It could be, you know, down low and so forth. So I know we had a couple of those, the only reason why I'm pointing it out. Um, I thought he started, you know, he missed. I, th I just thought he was playing a little fast with his feet early, but then I thought once he got into rhythm, I thought the ball the ball came out very consistently. And listen, I think that that was an interesting comment because uh, it did felt it, it did feel at at first early in the game that Dak Prescott was a little bit out of rhythm, and it was a similar feeling maybe to that one uh, versus the Detroit Lions and the one versus the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers in Week One. And I think that Dak Prescott is, of course, a good quarterback. I think that he is forever underrated by most in, in Cowboys Nation. And I think that he is, you know, a guy that's worth the deal if you really take into account what the NFL market works like when it comes to quarterbacks. Uh, so this is not me trying to pile on Dak Prescott or anything like that, but it's something that the Cowboys also might be looking into moving forward just avoiding those slow starts that Mike McCarthy talked about with Dak Prescott maybe being a little bit impatient, uh, maybe a working a little bit too fast with his footwork, maybe uh, forcing things that are not there. And I don't think that was the case on Sunday, by the way, Just, uh, but it was versus the Detroit Lions, for example, in the game that he returned, or it was versus the Tampa Bay Bucks. Just a little bit more consistency is what we want from this offense and the guy that leads the offense at the end of the day. Now, he did talk about the interceptions, by the way, and I think that he agreed with the majority sentiment that Dak Prescott did not miss C.D. Lamp on that second interception. It was really a bad read from, from C.D. Lamp, and McCarthy talked about it, and he said, I saw it the way that Dak saw it, which was a post safety, and that means you need to cross his face and really make that break in a 90-degree angle kind of cut. And that's what CeeDee Lamb had to do. He, he didn't, and it resulted in an interception. He talked about the Dalton Schultz and out traffic and got, got involved in there. And he really talked about Dak Prescott's throw being an anticipation, trust kind of throw. Uh, so maybe some leeway there for Dak Prescott. I don't think that the two interceptions were uh, outrageous or anything like that. I actually think that both were decent throws. Right. However, at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter whether it's on Dak or Schultz or Lamb. Uh, you cannot give the ball away twice in the first half and then have the Packers go on and score 14 points off of those turnovers. Uh, that's the perfect recipe to lose games in the NFL. Sometimes it's pretty simple. Sometimes 
football can be super complex when you're talking about uh, what's an OQ front, what's an over front, an under front, uh, a five technique, white nine. It can get pretty complicated, but sometimes it is as simple as that. You turn the ball over twice and the opposing team scored 14 points off of, the, off of those turnovers. Uh, you're losing the game. You're likely losing that one. Um, part of the reason why the Cowboys lost, of course, was that a big part of it. Anyways, let's see. It was the same damn play that was picked off against the Bears' mark. And then and McCarthy did praise C.D. Lamb for showing up on that overtime throw that was pretty much the same route, a middle field read kind of route. And he nailed that. So you, you see the good stuff sometimes with, with Dak and CD. And what we want is for them to be consistent. Of course, that's easier said than done in the NFL. Extra Toxic Tom says, I'm willing to lose out if it means getting rid of Mike and Kellen Moore. We're going to win. Uh, we are not going to win with those window leakers, but with our hop, hapless puts. There you go. Extra Toxic is really... Uh, living up to his username on tonight's ADC Sports Dallas primetime show. But anyways, let's move on a little bit here. And I know what some of you will be thinking. You will be thinking, playoffs? What are you talking about, playoffs? But we will take a quick look at the NFC playoff picture because many of us are wondering how big of a hit was this game for the Dallas Cowboys? What does this mean for their playoff odds? And if the season ended today, long story short, the Cowboys would be playing in January. The Cowboys would be playing in January as a wild card. And that's, of course, what you don't want because that means you're playing on the road. Not only that, it kind of means you need to win three straight on the road in order to make it to the Super Bowl. And the Cowboys are 6-3. and three. That would be good for the sixth seed in the NFC behind the New York Giants among the wildcard teams. And one game ahead of the San Francisco 49ers that right now round out that NFC playoff picture. After that, you've got the Commanders who are playing the Philadelphia Eagles right now. The Green Bay Packers who improved to 4-6 and six after beating the Cowboys. And then the Falcons and the Arizona Cardinals have the same record pretty much at 4-6. and six. Which of these teams, in your opinion, which outside team is most likely to creep into the playoffs among those that are outside looking in right now? The Commanders, the Packers, the Falcons, or the Arizona Cardinals? And... More than trying to realize who is the most likely to creep into the playoffs, I would say, I would say, are they likely at all? Because I think that the Giants, the Cowboys, and the 49ers are somewhat comfortable right now. Uh, I know that the Commanders are seventh in the NFC. I would say the chances are they end up overtaking the Seattle Seahawks lead in the NFC West. And maybe, you know, Geno Smith proves us all wrong again, but still something to think about. I think that the Packers are the most likely team to creep into the playoffs. And from what I'm seeing in the comments, you guys agree with me. 
Toxic goes with Green Bay. Packers out of those four. Six goes with the Cardinals, though. Not likely for either of those teams is Tommy 9-1-5. And I love that because that's more or less the, the point that I'm trying to make. I think that if you are the Giants, the Cowboys, or the 49ers, or, or, or let's include the Seahawks in this conversation, you're not that concerned. The Falcons, low-key, might have a, a, a opportunity with the way that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have been playing, even though Tampa looked pretty good in Germany over the weekend. I wouldn't count on the Packers making the playoffs. Uh, if I had to pick one of these teams, probably I would pick the Packers. But I think that the Cowboys have a, uh, a foot inside the playoffs, though. And I know that's not any consolation after what we saw on Sunday, but still a little bit of a reality check. You know, reality checks can go both ways. And what we know is that the Cowboys are likely going to be playing in January. Now, as we were talking about earlier, if the commanders close this one out, because they're bidding the Philadelphia Eagles right now, 17 to 14 with 139 to go in the second quarter, uh, it's, going to, it's going to hurt a lot to have wasted that opportunity yesterday to put you, yourself one game away from the Philadelphia Eagles, right? Or at least uh, with one fewer loss. But if we're looking at the, at the NFC playoff picture, uh, you're looking at good news, maybe. Jeff says the Cowboys are not making the playoffs. They're, they have been exposed. Man, I don't know. I don't know. I think that it's a tough task for them not to make it. Up next for the Cowboys are the Minnesota Vikings, the New York Giants, the Colts, the Houston Texans, the Jacksonville Jaguars, Philadelphia, Tennessee, and Washington. Uh, those are not necessarily easy games. But I have a tough time seeing a scenario in which the Cowboys do not lose, uh, do not make the playoffs. I know, I know that image is still very fresh in our minds, the image of the Cowboys getting destroyed at Lambeau. <laughs> but even that was a three-point loss on the road at Lambeau. And I know that the Packers have lost five straight, but still, right? I don't agree we're making the playoffs. I guarantee you, says Joe. I don't agree we are making the playoffs. I guarantee you, says Joe, uh, who is watching from Italy. As always, shout out to Joe. The real Darrell says if the Cowboys were exposed, was Buffalo exposed after they lost to Minnesota? That, hey, hey, shout out to the real Darrell. That, 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 th those two words in his username, the real, are uh, living up to the hype for sure. I'm not trying to convince you guys that the Cowboys are, you know, going to to go on a, a fantastic playoff run and pull a page a page out of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers playbook and win three on the road to make it to the big one. I'm not convincing you of that. I'm just saying, I think it's a it's a tough scenario for them not to make it. I think they're making it for sure. Uh, let, let's let's. Oh my God. There's a Facebook username trying to sell people on uh, how to earn big income in 24 hours without stress. Man, ain't that, ain't that. Let's block her real quick. Trader Alice, you are blocked, madam. All right. <laughs> let's get into overreaction Monday, though, as we do every week around these parts. Overreaction Monday. 
You guys know the rules. I give you a statement about the NFL, and you tell me, is that an overreaction or is that a fair reaction? And I've got three statements lined up for you tonight. The first one has to do with the Dallas Cowboys, and it has to do with what was just said in the comments a few moments ago. The Cowboys will face their toughest rival yet next weekend, the Minnesota Vikings. Is that an overreaction or is that a fair reaction? Let me know in the chat. And while you do that, let me talk to you about our friends over at FreemanMazda.net because the ride of the week is the new 2022 Mazda MX-5 Miata Sport. This one is a nice vehicle, man. It starts at $29,560. It's got Apple CarPlay slash Android Auto. But the best about it is that it's got a convertible roof. It's got keyless entry. You push to start the vehicle. Manual transmission, blind spot monitoring, and a miles per gallon capacity of 26 when you are in the city. That goes up to 34 when you are in the highway. So make sure that you check out the 2022 Mazda MX-5 Miata Sport over at FreemanMazda.net, a family-owned business for over 65 years. And remember, when you choose Freeman Mazda, you are choosing a lifelong partnership with your car dealer. So go check that out. The Cowboys will be facing the Minnesota Vikings. Toughest rival yet, overreaction or, or fair reaction? Toxic goes with fair. The real Darrell goes with fair. Joe, six, agree. Everyone agrees pretty much. I'm going to go with fair. I'm going to go with fair even though the Vikings do not have the stats. People have been talking about that a lot. Uh, the Vikings are about 18th in overall efficiency. It wasn't a pretty game versus the Buffalo Bills. They were down by 10 points at one point on that one. Uh, even more, I think that they even faced a larger deficit. Four takeaways, though. Four takeaways at some point in the game. Uh, Justin Jefferson is a problem. He really is. And Alvin Cook is too, even though he dropped what would have been the game-winning touchdown before the Buffalo Bills fumbled on the quarterback's neck. Dalvin Cook was supposed to win that for the Vikings. He didn't, though. Uh, let's see some of your comments here. Overreaction, says Gilbert. There you go. Bruce also goes with overreaction. There are multiple running teams, says Bruce. Hey, the Vikings run quite well. That's one of my concerns for this one. Jeff says fair reaction. We cannot cover. Uh, DVs are horrible and digs cannot be everywhere. And that's the biggest concern right now. Hopefully, Anthony Brown is ready to go uh, next Sunday. I know. I know Anthony Brown gets burned here and there, but he's a he, he, he was missed on Sunday for sure. All right. Speaking of that game, Vikings-Bills game, the Bills, who are third right now in their division standings, will lose the AFC East. Is that an overreaction or is that a fair reaction? Let me know in the chat how you feel about that one. Who would have thought that the Super Bowl favorite Buffalo Bills that were compared with the 2007 New England Patriots, that were compared to the 2013 Legion of Boom Seattle Seahawks, are now third in the division. Behind the Miami Dolphins at first, and the New York Jets at second. 
they will lose the AFC East. Is that an overreaction or a fair reaction? Six goes with over. Jeff with over at Facebook. Uh, the real goes with fair reaction, though. Joe goes with overreaction. Over for Patrick. Uh, James goes with, goes with over. Uh, Bruce goes with fair. I will go. Man, it is a tough one, man. It is a tough one. It might come down to how much you trust. It, it, it might come down to, to how much you trust Tua Tungvaluwa and the Miami Dolphins because they, they've got the upper leg on the Buffalo Bills right now. I'm going to go with overreaction. I, I am turned about this one. <laughs> Toxic Tom is too in the, in the YouTube chat from what I can see. Here's my reasoning though. Tredavious White will come back for the Bills for the first time this season. That is a big, big player coming back. Uh, Jordan Poyer will come back as well. He didn't play versus the Minnesota Vikings. So they will get healthier. They will get healthier. And I'm, I'm not going to bet on Josh Allen continuing to throw red zone interceptions. But two things that the Bills need to fix right now. Their red zone offense, which sucks because they cannot run the football if the guy is not named Josh Allen. They're not running it. And this stat will take you by surprise, I'm sure. The Buffalo Bills have gone four consecutive games without a second-half touchdown. How? When did that happen? I'm betting, I'm betting some of you were surprised by that one. And I'm betting that because I myself was Blown out of the water when I read that stat today. I actually wrote an article about it for ADC Sports. Anyways, Josh McDaniels will be the next head coach that is fired. Overreaction or fair reaction? The Las Vegas Raiders lost to none other than Jeff Sabado. Jeff Saturday, who was not supposed to be in the NFL at all. And the Raiders were not able to beat them. Who, who is Josh McDaniels' rival on this race for next head coach fired? It might be Nathaniel Hackett with Denver Broncos. Will he be the next head coach fired? Uh, is that an overreaction or is that a fair reaction? Six goes with fair. Jeff goes with over. Uh, Tommy goes with fair. Joe goes with fair. Uh, extra toxic goes with overreaction the Raiders needed a, a cultural change Rita goes with fair Bruce fair he said Cliff Kingsbury honorable mention Cliff Kingsbury might be in that conversation too Jeff says he gets one more year I'm gonna go I'm gonna go with fair reaction here I, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets some leeway and I think that uh, the owner had some support for him today that doesn't mean anything to me. <laughs> owners owners are, are liars. Definitely. Now, I will go with fair reaction. I think that we've seen some stuff there with the Raiders that is not pretty at all. And I'm going to go with fair reaction for McDaniels being the next head coach fired. Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, that will be it for me tonight here on ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. I really appreciate you joining me on this Monday night. I will go downstairs and I will continue to 
throw the Christmas tree up. We've already started it in my family. We, we usually get ahead of time. Uh, we usually start early in the year with the Christmas tree. And as you guys know, I am from Mexico. So although I really like what Thanksgiving is all about, uh, it's not that big in Mexico. So it's not like we need to... It's not like we need to take off the Thanksgiving decorations and then throw up the, the Christmas stuff. We go from Halloween to Christmas at home. So that's that's how we do stuff. Let, let's see your tree. Tommy915 says, yeah, I'm going to start uh, ADC blocks and I'm going to take you around <laughs> the Christmas tree and stuff. Hey, go Commanders, man. Our Washington Commanders are leading the game 20-14 to 14 right now. Extra toxic. Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining me tonight. Do me a big favor. Not that big. It will take you about one second. Hit the thumbs up. Every thumbs up puts this show in front of more and more Cowboys fans. So do me a favor with that. And I will see you tomorrow night. 8 p.m. Central. Primetime, as always, brought to you by our friends over at streamingmazda.net. Check out the ride of the week over at their website, the 2022 Mazda MX-5 Miata Sport. Nos vemos. Adios. Denle like. Bye-bye.